This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. This is The Scoop, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and as always, we're joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan. What's going on, Don? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I guess nothing. Same there you go. En- enjoyed a three-day holiday weekend that was basically like every other weekend the past few few months. Yeah, so what's going on with Ross? Yeah, you're always bringing the energy. You're always bringing, bringing the enthusiasm and, and the, I know. Buck the is content there. Buck is definitely going to, to bring that up. But it's it's just like it really is. What, what I don't know what day we're on on this quarantine yeah. stuff, but it's just like every day is the same. Yeah, I went uh, to the mountains this weekend, went to look at some waterfalls, did some hiking and some waterfalls, crossed off a couple new ones in a little bit different part of the mountains. So that was cool. Found a Where really did you spot. go roughly? So we have our family's cabin is uh, north of Asheville, and then we went. Um, I went towards Linville and Boone area, and okay. that's where we that's where we look for waterfalls. So went to three different areas uh, on Saturday. A bunch of driving, a bunch of hanging out, a little swimming, and then uh, chilled on Sunday and drove back on Monday. And then I met my new niece on oh, Monday. Good, congratulations. I know you were worried about that because of the whole, you know, six feet stuff. Yeah, well, we didn't, we didn't hold or do anything. Just kind of saw uh, it from a distance. I mean, we saw it pretty close up, but we didn't get, we didn't touch. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yesterday, I had a neighbor who I kind of sort of met, and we almost like shook hands, and then <laughs> right when we were, we were probably like five feet away, yeah. and we were like, "Whoa, we can't do that anymore." Yeah. Crazy times. All right, let's go through the plan for today. Of course, this is the Scoop, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. First of all, we want to let make sure you rate, <clears throat> review, and subscribe to this podcast and Inside Carolina Podcast. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Go to wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, uh, all the above. Rate the podcast five stars. Review it if you would like. And then subscribe. So every time we have a new podcast, whether it's a breaking news podcast, a post game podcast, Coast to Coast, Vipolis, or The Scoop, um, or On the Beat, you get that podcast in your feed. You can click it and listen to it. Rating it helps us. And of course, reviewing it helps us and lets us know things we might need to do better or, or makes Don feel better about what he's doing. So rate, review, and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast and let us know what you think. That just helps Inside Carolina. It helps us, um, helps the podcast grow and things like that. Uh, we want to reintroduce the top five that we'll do the next time we record. That is the top five holidays. We have, I think, five or six submissions already. We want to get that into double figures. Let us know your top five holidays and tell us a little bit why. 
we're a family here. So we want to learn about you mm. and celebrate a little bit. Um, be unique though. You know, not necessarily the traditional holidays. If there's, if there's something that you treat as a holiday that may, maybe others don't, uh, that would certainly be something to add. And of course, DM Don on Twitter, DM Don on Inside Carolina or send us an email at Don at Inside Carolina. And that'd be awesome. All right, here's the plan. We're going to talk about J.J. Jones, who committed to UNC on Thursday night. He is a, I think he's a four-star in 24-7 sports and a three-star in the composite of South Carolina. He completes UNC's 2021 wide receiver class. We're going to talk about that class, talk about J.J. Jones' recruitment, what type of player he is, and what UNC is getting out of the 6'3 wide receiver from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We're going to talk about um, a couple recruits, a couple commits for UNC that rose in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, maybe just 24-7 sports rankings, uh, Rara Dilworth and Javari Ritzy. Of course, Ritzy is not committed to UNC, but he is a big-time target. They both took big jumps. They both go to the same high school, Glenn High School in Kernersville, North Carolina. And we're going to close with, with kind of a, a look at the updates to coronavirus and how it affects football and recruiting and, and our thoughts on that situation is it seems like things are opening up a little bit more here especially after memorial day when we saw pictures of people definitely not social distancing don what are your thoughts on that i love it a lot of different (laughs) variety we are gonna jump all over you know rankings commitments uh coronavirus memorial day everything all right awesome and of course i don't want to go on without mentioning this we're sponsored by johnny t-shirt and giant t-shirt.com Check them out for all your UNC apparel needs. All right, let's jump into it. Don, J.J. Jones, he committed to UNC on Thursday night. Let's go into his recruitment first. Your thoughts on that, and we'll get into him as a player and what he can add to UNC. Uh, he is, what number recruit is he, 15 for UNC? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that's that's right. Thanks for your valuable insight there. Fifteen, uh, Number 15 recruit, UNC remains number four in the nation in 24-7 sports composite rankings. Um, and they add a, a really big, talented receiver. Don, the floor is yours. J.J. Jones's recruitment. Yeah, so he was a guy North Carolina identified pretty early on. And uh, even before they offered, I kind of always felt like UNC had a very strong chance with him. Things seemed, at least on the outside, to get a little dicey when South Carolina offered him a couple of months ago, especially with his connection to... Luke Doty, who was his uh, quarterback last year as high school, and, and Doty obviously is an early enrollee at South Carolina, um, and then obvi- and, and Georgia was in there too. That was threatening, but wasn't able to get him on campus. Uh, but you know, Coach uh, Lonnie Galloway, UNC's wide receivers coach, was able to establish a strong relationship with uh, not only JJ Jones but his father. Uh, uh, John Jones, who actually played wide receiver or played running back at West Virginia, where Lonnie Galloway was a coach for for a few seasons, and that uh, that relationship ended up being the key for North Carolina to secure his his verbal commitment. JJ does a really good job of explaining the whole situation, his mindset, you know, why he did what he did, um, and just his whole thought process and the recruiting process. Um, in a Q&A that we posted. So uh, definitely, if you want in-depth analysis of, of what, what, what actually went down, I would urge everybody to check that out. We posted that late last week, shortly after he, he committed. Great. 
And uh, J.J. Jones is 6'3", 195. He's that long wide receiver that UNC targeted. He joins Gavin Blackwell, which is more of that shorter, uh, quick, athletic receiver. And Kobe Passore, who's 6'1", 175 pounds. Uh, Jones is ranked number 437 in the composite. And he's number 77th wide receiver and number four player in the state of South Carolina. Um, let's see. Anything else is a recruitment. I mean, he had that top five. And what, what stood out about UNC? I mean, what was the kind of the, the main allure? I mean, because he had Georgia interests, some, maybe some Clemson interests, but South Carolina and definitely some other big-time Power 5 schools after him. What, what, was, what, 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 what did UNC do well and what did he like about the Tar Heels? That's uh, the one school that I kind of failed to mention there was – Clemson, who never offered, but for the longest time was flirting with him. And I think that if Clemson would have offered, this probably would have ended a little bit differently. But fortunately for North Carolina, Clemson had their eyes on other receivers. And uh, those guys are going to commit to the Tigers at some point. But anyway, um, as far as recruitment, like, you know, like, like I said earlier, Blonnie Galloway's relationship with J.J. Jones and his father was was key and probably the biggest reason. But also, J.J. really was attracted to UNC's offense, the air raid offense. Obviously, is just a wide receiver's dream. You're getting the ball a bunch. If you look at what Sam Howe did last year with uh, not only just his success, but, the, but going downfield and having success going you know, downfield, that's J.J. Jones' game, which I'm sure you'll ask me about soon. Um, <laughs> and, and then... You know, the other thing is is the quarterbacks. You know, I, I mentioned Sam Howe. I mean, that's a big attraction for J.J. Jones, but Drake May was a huge attraction for J.J. Jones, who mentioned Drake May in multiple interviews um, about just what he liked about North Carolina. Awesome. All right, so let's get into him as a player. You, you kind of mentioned it there, attracted to the air raid system. You know, he is that deep threat, which is an ideal type of receiver for this offense with the flexibility to go deep and to, to cut off routes and to have, you know, chase grass, as, uh, as UNC's offensive coordinator likes to say. So, you know, um, what, how do you think he'll do in the offense? What does he bring? That type of stuff. Yeah, so I think it's what's important to mention about J.J. is the fact that he's only played one season of wide receiver. He yeah. actually transferred to Myrtle Beach High School, I guess, about a year ago. And prior, prior to that transfer, he focused on defensive back. In his first season as a wide receiver in a very wide receiver-friendly offense, they, uh, Myrtle Beach High actually runs a version of the air raid. He had 45 catches for 707 yards and 16 touchdowns and actually missed four games with, with an injury. You know, he's obviously, you know, his his height is a big thing. You know, 6'3", a legit 6'3", 195 pounds. But he also has a very strong basketball background. And you see that when you watch his film. You see the leaping ability, the understanding of space, and, and using his body to shield defenders. Uh, but you also kind of see some rawness in there. And I was actually talking to his, his high school coach last week. We ran a story uh, where his high school coach uh, breaks down JJ's game and his recruitment earlier this week. So definitely check that out for, you know, the full breakdown by his high school coach. But the thing that his coach was super excited about this coming season for him, because he feels like just the experience that JJ gained at the wide receiver position last year will pay huge dividends this coming season. And obviously 
it's going to help him a lot in his North Carolina career. And I think the ceiling is really high for him. Awesome. He definitely has an athletic profile. And if you look at his tape, I mean, he's a big body guy, not just tall. He's got some, you know, he's got some weight on him. He's 195. Could probably, probably get, put on, you know, 10, 15 more pounds, but he seems like he's almost college ready in terms of his, his physique. So that is good. And he, um, for Tariel fans and, and definitely, I mean, he's not super high rank. So you, you could maybe see a jump in his recruitment uh, in his, in his rankings as well. Okay, so let's get into UNC's wide receiver class for the 2021 cycle. They earned a commitment from Gavin Blackwell out of Sun Valley High School uh, a lot earlier in the cycle in February, and they added uh, Kobe Passore kind of during that um, that run of four commitments they had. Let's go into each one and tell us, uh, Don, tell us what each one brings. Let's start with Gavin. And, and then to kind of get into, you know, the whole group and what they kind of will bring to UNC and what they fulfill needs wise for this offense. Yeah. So Gavin is very polished, very experienced. He's a guy who's been in, you know, he was Sam Howell's, Sam Howell's uh, receiver, go-to receiver, at least for his last season. I'm trying to think if it was also his last two seasons, but um, you know, he, he is a regular on the seven or has been a regular on the seven on seven uh, circuit, so he has a lot of experience catching the ball. Uh, quick, very reliable hands. Uh, you know, great at not just route running, but using his route running and fakes and and jukes and that sort of thing to create separation. And the other thing is, is is I he's one of those guys that I love to watch play because he just loves to play the game and has a lot of fun with it. Definitely, a, you know, a fun trash talker. And what I mean by that is, you know, think of like a Ocho Cinco, whereas, you know, you kind of expect it. No one takes offense to what he says. You kind of have fun with him with, with the trash talk. It's not like a, I hate that guy sort of trash talking sort of thing. Uh, so he's more of a... He could be an outside receiver, but I think he's more of a a slot inside receiver. He's a guy who underneath will find the the holes in, in the coverage um, to to move the chains, and then of course is is you know has great speed and has, is a threat to score after he catches the ball. Uh, Pesor is actually similar to him, but more on the outside receiver area. He's more of a guy who's going to uh, you know go up and get the ball. You know, definitely a jump ball guy, very reliable hands, um, brings a little bit of a meanness to the um, to the receiver position. Um, but he's more of an outside guy, but he can he could do a lot of different things. Um, and, and we've already talked about J.J., but J.J. is is definitely an outside vertical threat sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah. And when I look at I, mean, I interviewed Blackwell at the Showtime camp in June. He kind of had the same body as, let me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe like kind of a Rontavious Groves. Like not yeah. short, but, you know, decent decent height, long, but but not not super big in terms of his weight. Yes. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So Gavin Blackwell, kind of an inside slot receiver, but can definitely do a variety of things, has the track speed, great hands. And, yeah, I mean, Kobe Passore, I didn't even know that guy's name until he committed. Uh, maybe that's kind of your fault for not informing your co-host and um, the, the people of Inside Carolina. But Cody Passor, all in-state guys. Sorry, two of them in-state guys. J.D. Jones, of course, is from the Palmetto State there in South Carolina. All right, anything else on these receivers, Don? No, I mean, I think that North Carolina 
there were certain guys obviously wanted for this class in the beginning when they kind of set out to say, okay, this is this is the ideal situation, and they really got all three of those guys. You know, the the, the scary thing that I was thinking from a North Carolina standpoint was when they were like, all right, we want a tall, long guy. And they really put all of their eggs in that, in the JJ Jones basket. And it worked out. I, they, they believed in the relationship that JJ had built with Lonnie Galloway and, and the offense and uh, the the quarterbacks they're bringing in. And it, and it worked out in North Carolina's favor. Yeah. I mean, UNC, this class is incredible. It, it's gotten pretty, lucky in terms of they're getting a lot of their first targets and they're yeah. not having to offer other players they're the guys are targeting they're getting for the most part obviously they've missed on zaire patterson who committed to clemson on tuesday so they're gonna have to reach out for maybe a, a, a new long uh, outside linebacker defenseman type player but you know the guys they've targeted they've gotten so there's not many other offers out other than the guys they want is that is that accurate yeah, yeah, and that's the key. Everyone's focusing on where this class is going to end up in the final rankings. But I think what's way more important than that is are you landing the guys that you're targeting? I mean, because obviously if you have, you know, 10 five-star receivers in California, I mean, that's not realistic for North Carolina to get involved with those guys. But yeah. uh, they have been able to. The other thing we haven't really mentioned too much, you you touched on a little bit, but J.J. Jones is only the – UNC has 15 commits – J.J. Jones is only the second out-of-state commitment, which is just amazing. And, and it speaks to the, the talent that that this in-state class has, which we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Of course. Um, we'll think of, oh, yeah. So five, five spots. I mean, they have 15 players now. The, the magic number, I think, 19, 20, 21, around those kind of numbers. So five more guys. Um, you want to do a brief kind of what's, what's left? You'll get to that later. No, we'll just leave that for for scoops. Okay. All right. Awesome stuff there, Don, as always. Let's now talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Your place for all your UNC apparel. They are loyal Inside Carolina podcast subscribers. They're located right on Franklin Street, JohnnyT-Shirt.com, and on on JohnnyT-Shirt.com. You can get all your UNC stuff, hats, sweatshirts, shirts, shorts, anything you need to fulfill your ultimate UNC fan apparel desires. Go online now, look at all their selections. They have great deals. And if you go onto the Inside Carolina premium message boards, subscribe to Inside Carolina, you can get a 10% off discount code and that can diff- definitely make a difference if you're making a big purchase. You're getting a lot of stuff for your family and friends. So Johnny T-shirt and giantt-shirt.com. They're local, they're independent. They have great customer service. Their warehouse is located right in North Carolina, right in Hillsborough. So everything is very local, and we want to support those local companies. Do all we can to, to help out the, the small guys during this time. Giant T-shirt, it's been a tradition on Fengishi for so long, and we thank them for their support. We want you to support them if you are going to buy UNC stuff, which we assume you would. Okay, Don, let's get into our next topic here. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So last week, uh, two of UNC's commitments, the last recruits jumped in the 24 seven sports rankings. Rara Dilworth, who committed to UNC a couple of weeks ago, went from number 245 to number 150 in the 24 seven sports rankings. 
almost a jump of 100 spots, and that's huge. You're getting into that top 150 range. You're getting to kind of the top four stars. And then Javari Ritzy, defensive lineman from Kernsville, jumped from 127 to um, to number 63. And that's a massive jump. And now he's kind of pushing towards that elite four-star, you know, fringe five-star range. Um, and these are two guys from Kernsville, high, Kernsville, North Carolina, Glenn High School. Both guys that Steve Wiltfong was extremely high on. And obviously he was speaking very highly on him on the Scoop podcast. And, you know, he has a role in the recruiting rankings as well. So no surprise, those guys did jump, but the jumps were uh, pretty massive. Your thoughts on that, especially Dilworth, who I think a lot for, for so long, he was a little undersized and they couldn't figure out where he could play. And now it seems like going for some sports is really high on what he can do in his athleticism. Yeah. So I've been high on these guys for a while. I've, I have both of them in my top Sick brag. eight. <laughs> I've had both of, I had both of them in my top eight for my my uh, in-state top 50 um, and and that might not sound great but I mean when you look at this class how talented it is and how deep it is um, but uh, yeah, I mean with with Dilworth yeah I mean it's it's always been his size and I know that Will Fong has talked a lot about well you know he who cares he's a playmaker you can move him to safety um, I don't know if that's necessarily to move him to safety full time is 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 an option, uh, just because his game is all about see ball, get ball, and being explosive with it. That's not yeah. what you want your safeties typically to do. Also, I think he only actually had like one or two interceptions last year, which kind of and some of that is is the way that he was play that he was used. Uh, but um, it it also doesn't doesn't uh, speak glowingly of of his ability and coverage. He's more of a guy you want getting the ball. But from that aspect of just getting the ball, the explosiveness, the determination, uh, he he has it. And um, I mean, he had what over 200 tackles his junior season, which is just insane. You you have to kind of go back and 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 double check to make sure that's not a typo every time I say it or read it. But um, the thing too, off the field, is really important with him. He is, I mean. We always hear this guy's a hard worker. This guy's a hard worker. <laughs> this guy, though, is is basically you know, I would call him self made. You know, he's a mm. guy who spends a lot of time working on his craft. That's what he. That's what he's been doing this entire um, pandemic. You know, while he's you know obviously uh, exercising social distance. Um, you know, he's been on the the fields practicing. He's been lifting as much as he can. You know, you you know, you talk to everybody around his program. They just talk about just how determined this kid is. You know, one of the things that I don't think it's talked about was you know he had to get his grades up last semester, um, or I'm sorry, this the fall semester, and he just really just kind of busted his ass and, and got those grades up to the point where no one ever talks about his grades being an issue. But it was just because he worked so hard, just a just a, a determined um, individual. Javari Ritzy is kind of, I don't want to say the opposite, but he's more of where he has the physical tools. You know, he has the the athletic gifts. You know, Will Fong said it best where he just kind of gets out of bed and he's just super athletic. And that's that's Ritzy. I think for him, it's just more of uh, kind of just fine tuning and just developing his technique and just giving him the coaching and then just giving him the experience, but you know, size, athleticism. I mean, he really has it all. I mean, if you look at his uh, his measurables, I mean, they 
they compare favorably to guys who get drafted pretty high. Now it's just a matter of him using his gifts, his physical gifts, um, on the football field. And not to say he's not productive. He is very productive. I mean, he's not getting 200 tackles like like uh, Rara is getting. But, um, you know, I think that, that there are – there are levels that he could still reach with his production and his ability on the, on the field. Yeah. I mean, in that podcast with Wolf Fong, the athleticism and elite level of explosiveness for both those guys, but Ritzy, especially, um, it was just a kind of amazing hearing Wolf Fong talk about him and Wolf Fong, you know, he's a, he's an unbiased observer. Obviously he was on an inside Carolina podcast, but I mean, this guy sees, you know, 500 recruits plus a year. So he's, he's been around the block and seen a lot of different types of players and, for him to speak that highly was incredible. Definitely check out the Wilt, the interview with Wilt Fong on the Scoop Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe while you're at it. Yeah, um, can I jump in one more time? Of course, hey, of course, hey, of course, of course, you can, Don. Okay, this is so your podcast. Just to, just, this is this is our podcast. <laughs> um, just to give a little bit of a, I guess, a plug, we are going to have a very detailed inside the commitment with uh, on Ra Ra Dilworth. In, on one of the upcoming weekly scoops, definitely check mm. it out. Definitely read it. There's a lot of, he's very candid, uh, t- talks about just different situations, his mindset. He even brings up a couple of, um, or I shouldn't say a couple, but he brings up visits where he went to a school and was like, all right, this is, this is not for me. Um, you know, why he truly picked North Carolina, just how difficult it was, all those sort of things. His mom gives some really good insight on the whole process. Uh, definitely one of the um, inside the commitments that I'm, I'm proud of. <laughs> Great, that's so cute. Um, yeah, awesome. I'm proud Always of you too, to... Ross. <laughs> what are you proud of me for? I'm proud of you for being a great podcast host. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, good stuff. One thing about Ritzy that I've learned through my research and discussion with sources, and and we we spoke on this, but I got more detail on it. Is that you know Ritzy is a um, he's a track guy, but he he does the the um, shot shot put discus. He does the throws, and you would think, all right, how does that kind of relate to football? And wouldn't wouldn't you want like a track guy, hundred yard guy, a long jumper, you know that kind of stuff? But the quick movements and strength and leverage and leg strength and body control needed for those quick movements and training for that actually plays it, it really helps you for defensive line because defensive line you're not sprinting you're using your body to move people and to, to throw things and use your hips and use your legs so that that explosiveness and, and twitchy movements and form and balance that has all helped him become the defensive tackle he is today don i'm sorry what was that <laughs> we'll keep this in all right moving on to the next topic. First, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back with more Scoop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Don, what happened there? Did you just zone out? I was focusing on something else. I had a yeah. great, great intel and lines there, but you missed it all. I did. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, great review and subscribe. Okay, um, yeah, so that's the football talk, and we're going to get into a little coronavirus talk here um, and, and, and kind of relate to football and recruiting. You know, we've heard, I think, kind of the general gist now is that coaches, UNC coaches, because it's different at every school across the nation, we think UNC coaches are going to return to campus mid-June, if not a little earlier, and then shortly after that, players will arrive mid to late June, and I think everything will kind of be in place kind of July 1st. Um, Don, have you heard similar things? I know you've been talking to early or to incoming freshmen as well. What's your take on that? And then I, we'll let you guide the conversation. So the incoming freshmen, I think the assumption is that they are getting fed like legit information and they know exactly what's going on. But it's actually kind of – and I've talked to all of them. I've talked to all the guys who have not enrolled yet. And uh, and we're gonna have, if we haven't had stories up on them yet, which we've had a, a good majority of them already up, we're going to have them uh, up in the in the coming weeks. But they, um, some half of them have been told sometime in July, maybe as early as July first. The other half, the coaches or the staffers that they've spoken to, have just told them, "Hey, it's still super fluid. We don't know. We'll let you know as soon as." We know for certain. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of I think the the feeling is, is that, yeah, the coaches will get there sometime in June and that the players will arrive sometime in July, barring some sort of setback. What what do you think is going to end up happening with all this? With, with coronavirus? No, not with the well, with with UNC, UNC's arrival on campus, players, coaches, all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not experts here. We're not doctors. We're not administrators. We don't have all the intel. I mean, I think they're going to have to set up a lot. I mean, set up a lot of different protocols and safety is priorities. You're going to have different kind of meet. I mean, you can't meet with the whole team. They can't have everybody in the same room. So that's going to be interesting. Um, but if they get players on campus by July, then you can train in July for four weeks. Do your summer conditioning, get back in shape, and then start camp um, August 1st or whenever, you know, that was kind of scheduled to happen. So you would think this, the schedule kind of starts. You know, I, I, the, the science stuff of it, I mean, there's gonna be needs to be some testing, at least with just making sure no one has symptoms, making sure no one has a high temperature, that kind of stuff. There's going to have to be a lot of protocols with, with cleanliness, the locker room, the uh, weight room, I mean, Young players might not show symptoms, but they could carry it. And a lot of the, some of the coaches are older. And Mac Brown, sixty-eight, I mean, he's high risk. So there's a lot of deals there. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's. You know, I think the main thing <laughs> is which which no one's really kind of talking about is that we're kind of almost we're going to have these 
basically not not physical tests, but these, I guess, litmus tests throughout these next couple of months that are going to, if we fail any of them, is just going to just the entire house of cards is just going to fall because, you know, let's say let's say we start bringing guys on campus and it may not necessarily be North Carolina, but um, at another school, you have some sort of outbreak of coronavirus. I just think it's going to really make people think and we might have to kind of restart things not to be you know the grim reaper here with this but i it's i think it's it, we're in for a really kind of interesting couple months that's that's going to be you know we're we're going to have to monitor to see what's what's actually going to happen um and it, we're having what was our 130 uh, fbs programs football programs yeah you know is it is it reasonable to think that all 130 are going to start bringing guys on campus and go through training camp and all this sort of stuff and not a single one of them have some sort of outbreak? I mean, I exactly. hope so, you know, but I mean, is that real? Is that real realistic? Yeah. And you've had players go all across the country. They're coming back and bringing, hanging out with their family and friends and you're bringing them all together. So you're, you're, you're spreading stuff that, does, that, you wouldn't have had spread if they were kept quarantined. And then think about, you know, players coming from the north where there's, there's more cases or, or schools that are up there like Syracuse, Boston College, um, you know, California schools have already said they're not bringing back students, I think. So there's just a lot of factors in play. And, yeah, I mean, an outbreak. Yeah, I mean, you, there's going to be um, – there's going to be outbreaks on campus. I mean, every not, not necessarily UNC, but you just bring that many people, it's inevitable. So that's yeah. interesting to see how people handle it. Like and what, if, there's, and what, if, if there's an outbreak, do you what do you do? Do you cancel school? Do you tell everybody, tell everybody to stay in the dorms? Do you send them home for two weeks and bring them back? I mean, what happens? Yeah, and take a situation like right now in Alabama, at least the, the morning news is talking about how their numbers are spiking um, recently. They had like – I can't remember the exact number, so I don't want to quote it, but their numbers are spiking. Let's say you know, North Carolina has to play Auburn. What if something happens with one of their players? Are UNC as a program is going to feel comfortable playing Auburn, even if that player has been taken away from the team and all that? I mean, would yeah. you feel comfortable? Playing Auburn? Yeah, if, if let's just say <laughs> one or two of their players, and I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying that this is going to happen or, or trying to throw Auburn on, under the bus. I'm just using them as an example because the state of Alabama is having – a uh, a spike in their numbers. If one of their players or a couple of their players come down with the coronavirus, they did the whole quarantine thing, all that sort of stuff. Would you still feel comfortable fielding a team against Auburn? No, not playing, not playing close quarters with them. Yeah, like you would, like you would be, because you know football is the sport. It's probably the worst sport for the coronavirus. Yeah, because I basketball, mean, maybe bas- basketball too. Well, basketball's tough too, but I mean, you could, I think you could play, well, yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, I just feel like, especially if you're a lineman, like every single play, you're, you're exchanging bodily fluids with another human being and you don't know where they've been. You know know what I mean? I mean, the whole purpose is to tackle and to, is into basically wrestle with a guy. (laughs) How about a coach kind of yelling at a player from six feet instead of in his face? You know, you see yeah. the, you see the pictures of coaches yelling at players, and the, you see spit going onto the player's face. Yes. Yeah, I will. I was watching some automation sort of thing because I think in like Korea, you're not allowed to 
talk on um, public transit. And, and the reason is they show like this automation of a guy standing and talking and just how his, uh, what do they call it? Your, your particles or whatever spreading to all these people. So imagine a coach yelling on the sideline, just how much he's kind of spreading whatever germs he may have. Yeah. What do you think about fans? Um, I, I think there's no way it's gonna, they're going to allow hundred percent capacity. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you on that. And I think, old, I think old people, I mean, there's a lot, some old people listen to this podcast. Uh, I think a lot of old people will be very cautious with, with uh, returning, like, or to go, sorry, to go into the games. Like, I don't think people, you know, as you get into the um, advanced ages, 50, 60, 70, which that's a lot of fans for a lot of schools. I think they're not, they might not show up. Who knows? Especially like the smarter people. Like my parents are 60s and 70s. Like they're, my mom's pretty freaked out about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I get uh, phone calls from my parents, like, screaming at me, making sure I wear a mask when I'm outside. I'd love to meet your parents, to see where you came from. <laughs> my, my parents are interesting. We maybe one day need to have them as guests. I'd, um, I'd love to come over for a holiday. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that <laughs> we could interview. have some – there are some positives coming out of this. I'm not saying that this was a positive situation, but um, – I think we're going to see eventually stadiums where you're not literally sitting on the guy's lap next to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be – you're going to have your group. You'll have your family in your group, maybe the people you tailgate with, the people that you're kind of quarantining with, maybe friends, maybe 10 people max, and then there's going to be another group, you know, maybe 10 feet away. Yeah. That that kind of separation. So you'll see pockets of, of groups of like, you know, four to 10 fans, I think. But I don't know if they're even going to – there could be a situation where you only let in essential people like media. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and maybe big don- – I could see like big donors, you know, big, big-time big alumni, people that are paying for things that, you know, they get to come and sit in their boxes and stuff. And then family and close friends. And that might be it. I mean, that might be the smart thing to do. Yeah. No, I agree. The other, the other positive is I feel like we're going to be a cleaner nation if we're not already. Because I remember the first time walking into a Walmart and like it smelled like it smelled clean and like the <laughs> registers were like shiny. And I'm like, why can't Walmart always be like this? Oh, the carts. Now, when I go into Walmart, there's always somebody who wipes down the cart and hands it to me or whatever. Yeah. Why couldn't they be doing that beforehand? You know? Yeah. Least surprising news of the day is that you're a big Walmart guy. Well, yes, I am a huge Walmart guy. Some of that <laughs> is the fact that the my local Walmart is walking distance so are you serious uh yeah well walking distance when you i yeah well yes yes i could walk to it but you don't no i i have never walked to it no but you um when you came to my house i know this was a year ago or whatever but when you turn down that one road off the off of 55 that walmart's right there and then you're kind of going into the neighborhood area i mean we're right there you're the prince of suburbia something like that <laughs> uh you know a good workout for you would be to walk to walmart actually to run to walmart with your phone and and in uh wallet and then shop get plastic bags and then walk back with the plastic bags evenly in in, in both your hands and you walk back and do lunges on the way back so you're working out your shoulders your arms that's a big good shoulder workout lats 
up there in your arms and your biceps, and then it works your legs if you do lunges on the way back. I appreciate that. Well, so one of the, and this is probably not the real reason, but one of the reasons why we have never walked to Walmart is that while we have like a sidewalk coming out of my neighborhood and for a little bit outside of my neighborhood, there is a good portion of where there is actual traffic, where there is no sidewalk. So you have to walk in the street, which doesn't yeah. make it too safe. My kids always ask if they can walk to Walmart. We always have to tell them no. Um, but it definitely, having grown up in you know the city, um, that's not something we would, I would definitely have walked that. I've definitely walked that distance consistently when I was growing up. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's cool to have a store close to you. Um, okay, Don, I think we covered a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's difficult talking about this cause we're not experts and I actually don't watch much news anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the first couple of weeks I, I did and I've kind of turned it off cause it became kind of all the same stuff you got. I will not, I will not say what news channel I watch, but you get the same stuff and the same guests and the same governors and everything. I am really interested to know what news station you watch. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are. I'm going um, with are you, I'm going with MSNBC. <laughs> I will not confirm or deny. Um okay. Anything else? Or is it one of those off the wall ones like uh Vice News? Yeah, like Vice News. There's one that I I'll put on just to see what's going on. It but I can't remember what it's called. But yeah. uh Yeah. Um Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, good stuff here. We'll do a top five uh, next time we record. You know, as the summer comes on, who knows? We may do every other week. Uh, it kind of depends on news. We, we brought this one on because we had J.J. Jones commit to UNC. But, you know, if there's not a lot of news, we may take a week off. So that is an update for our listeners and little subscribers. Again, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and let us know what you think in the comments and on the uh, when you review the podcast. Anything else for you, Don? No, just ready to uh, go to the bathroom. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, um, probably nothing. You gotta get a beach. You gotta buy a beach house or something, or a lake house. We we are definitely considering getting a, a lake house. We are. We've talked really? about beach house. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I didn't know you had that kind of money. Uh, I'm. We're gonna take out big loan. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. It's, you need that. You need that water. Damn, beach. Wow. Well, now, what are you gonna call it? You got the uh, the man tower. <laughs> if I come I to the it. lake, man water. I, yeah, man, man water. This is this is starting to really kind of veer into uh, bad territory. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Don. Guys, thanks for listening. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe. Again, we want to appreciate uh, Giant T Shirt and GiantTShirt.com what they do for us and that's it for the scoop and we're the three best friends that anybody could have we're the three best friends that anyone could have we're the three best friends that anyone can have and we'll never ever 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 leave each other with thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.